Welcome to the Marketing and Margaritas podcast. I am Madeline. And I am Ruby. If you're a startup or scale-up looking for actionable and profitable advice, then this is a podcast for you. We will give you a taste of our proven insights and strategies that we've applied to hundreds of businesses to help them grow, scale, and succeed. So grab your margaritas and your pen and paper because we're here to show you that with the right strategy, your idea, and our marketing guidance, you can take your brand from startup to stand out. Welcome back to the Marketing and Margaritas podcast. I am Madeline and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Lenny. Hi, everyone who's joining the show today. Now, we're also joined by the amazing Yovanka here in the studio today. How are you, Yovanka? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. We're so excited. We're a little bit nervous to have you. <laughs> to us, you're a little bit of an idol. <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you. Me too. I was so nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. <laughs> so for those that don't know, Yovanka calls herself an accidental entrepreneur. After 25 years of hairdressing, she opened up a home salon in 2017 and started exploring the concept of creating a high-end hair extension line. The demand was there for clients, but salons traditionally stayed away from extensions because of the headaches they provide. Have you ever had extensions, Ruby? I have, but you'll absolutely kill me. I've only ever had them in Bali and there were those bead oh ones. Oh I know. And I've got so much hair and my hair was already so long, I don't even know why I did it. it and was, was your hair okay after? Uh, no, it was no? the worst decision I've ever made. But I always look at your hair and I've got clients that have beautiful hair. So... I don't know. Maybe, change, Maybe I'm changing my mind. <laughs> so after much research and product development, in 2018, she launched Yovanka Lauria Extensions. Luxury, high quality, hand-tied hair extensions. And by the end of the following year, it became a global brand. Now her range of extensions are stocked in over 60 salons in Australia and over 400 in the US. I did not know that. That's amazing. Her growth is continuing month on month and is not showing any signs of slowing down. So welcome to the podcast, Yovanka. Yes. Welcome. We're going to cheers, cheers our margarita glass. I'll do an air cheers. Air cheers. cheers. <laughs> well, welcome, Yovanka. We are so excited to have you here. And what an introduction. Mm. Just so many achievements. No, it sounds crazy like hearing Just it hearing out loud from someone else. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad. We'd love to hear more from you about your perspective about your business. So going back to what you were saying, like I think I was always that five-year-old that just said to my family and my parents I was going to be a hairdresser one day. So I've always loved hair and I worked in high-end salons and then I travelled to America when I was 23 and my parents wanted to kill me. <laughs> but I always literally worked with hair extensions for six months and then like yourself, I was like, nah, this is crap. Just had so many disasters from it and I think, you know, identifying the gap here was the easy part but finding the hair was a whole nother story. It's probably like a four-day podcast. <laughs> I essentially uh, sent my husband to China. My brother-in-law was in Ukraine and I was trying, I was like, I'm going to get great hair and that didn't happen and I think that's really important for people to know like it's not as easy mm. um, as what people think and I think that whole other thing like to actually put my name on something that I believed in yeah. had to have yeah. been the real deal yeah. um, because you know like I'm quite reserved by nature and I think I really had to step outside my comfort zone to make all this happen so it's really funny when I hear you guys say that because I almost forget because I was so focused yep. yeah. on doing like you, you know like I'm sure you guys are the same you kind of forget to you know stop and reflect reflect and on yeah. your journey of celebrate what you've the actually yeah. like I think that's a huge thing especially as females I think we just don't do that enough we yep. don't and mm. I think also once I was in like in knee deep. I think I had a lot more writing at stake and I just kept forging forward. When I got to the point of seeing it firsthand how much it was changing my own clients and then I think also as a supplier perspective, I was so naive to actually how all that side happens because they're like, come on little girl, if you want to play, you need to really, you know, 
mm. put an investment down mm. because that's essentially how it works with, you know, getting a supplier's agreement. Yeah, you can't order, you know, I was, my biggest, <laughs> I was my biggest supplier. I was like, sure, I'll just order hair. And then I was like, I generally didn't like people, to be honest. I know that's a bit raw and truthful, but what I didn't realise is I didn't like the wrong people. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? And I didn't, I didn't realise my power and I didn't realise I didn't connect the dots for marketing at that point. Yep. And I remember watching all these other industry people come, you know, come on the scene. And this is at the point when I was like, I don't like people. I don't even know what a hashtag is. Mm. You know, I want to share this with other stylists. But, you know, that fear yeah, of putting absolutely. myself out there yep. was a whole nother thing. So how long ago was this, if I could just so I can put my timelines Time in place? Yeah. yeah. So this was in 2016. Yeah. That I had the thought that, you know, there was something lacking because, you know, back then all these amazing, you know, Instagram really came on the scene. And that's Mm. when I, you know, it piqued my inspiration because I wanted to quit hair because I was always feeling so undervalued. No matter how much work and effort I put into clients' hair, I just couldn't get the results. Yep. So it really came from almost a need that you saw and a, a pain and, and a, a pain point, pain yeah, point that pain you experienced. Point. And then the other side to it was people don't really realise, but, you know, are we service industry people? Like we mm. are chronic people pleasers mm. and we didn't really know how to set that frame and say no to certain clients in order to get the clientele that you wanted. That was a big thing. Yeah. I was always you know, feeling really undervalued and kept saying I want to quit. You know, when I thought my career was going to end, I, I didn't realise I was about to take a left turn. Yeah. Not realising that this whole thing was going to pay off so quickly. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a bit more, especially your marketing journey. How has that played an effect in getting the business to where it is today? Okay. So I really love this topic because <laughs> I thought I was really good at Instagram in the beginning. Uh, little did I know I had no idea what marketing was at that point. Yep. And I think it was a combination of, didn't even realise like this path was all coming together like the universe had its own, not journey for me, like it had its own plans, plans for me. It had its own plans for me. And um, I was going to like business courses, listening to podcasts. Do you guys know Kerwin Ray? Yes. Yes. I did a Kerwin Ray course and I literally came home like rocking in the corner. Really? Um, Yeah, Yeah. because it was so, it was like a foreign language to me. Yeah. You know, ad funnels and creating like e-books and really, you know, pushing myself outside my comfort zone. Yeah. I love that you did that though, because I don't know many business owners that would go to a Kerwin Ray seminar that weren't marketed or yeah. at least in the business. Kind of had some yeah. sort of base knowledge. Yeah, but I think it was like, I don't know if you guys know, but his course was like 5,000. Yeah. And it was the first time like where I started to realise like, if I'm going to really do this and clients are investing in me, I really need to invest, invest in, in myself me. and your business. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it was almost that, you know, that self-doubt mm. and that limiting belief that, you know, that story that we tell ourselves that I could have very easily backed out and I had many conversations and I was so lucky that I had, um, I have an amazing husband and family who really backed me in it because how many people, you know, even now I know when stockers are coming on and they're like, I need to check with my husband and, you know, they'll come back and they'll be like, I don't have the money. I mm. don't, you know, there's a million reasons why and I could have had a million reasons. Yeah. We didn't have the money, but yeah. we found it. Yeah. yeah, And, you know, that one investment or two or three, the next ones that followed that was investing in myself paid off in ways yeah. that I could never yeah. get back. We preach we, this all the time yeah. to our clients. You know, we have a lot of strategy calls and initial consultations and they're like, oh, we just really can't afford that right now. And I'm like, how are you ever going to grow your business if you don't yeah. take that leap? 100%. Um, yeah. It's scary at first, but imagine so scary. what can pay off. And it's yeah. so funny because just to give you an idea, like, you know, I was investing maybe five, ten thousand, which is a little bit of sample hair, a little yep. bit of, you know, personal development. And I remember that mind shift and that mind 
I was going to say mindfuck. No, no say, say, say mindfuck. That mindfuck of like, you know, just almost debilitating fear. Yeah. You know, of the unknown. And what's yeah. what's the worst that could happen? My husband yeah. was like, it's money, babe. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like we've yeah. started at the bottom how many times over? Do you know what I mean? There's really no think- ceiling with money. I think that's what people freak yeah. out because we've been brought up to, you know, go and get a job at university and you'll earn a certain capped income. But yeah. when you're in business and when you're in business for yourself, there's no limit with money. Yeah. There's and, no limit. Yeah. That's and you right. can just keep raising the ceiling. And as soon as you get that mentality, mm. your mentality for investing changes, your mentality mm. for how much you're going to be earning changes. 100%. And yeah. I think also because I now, I wasn't just doing this for me, but I had my kids to show up yeah. for. Yeah. And I was like, oh, now I can't not do, I can't hold not hold myself accountable. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. As whereas when it's like on yourself, you're like, yeah. who cares? I can just take this risk. If it doesn't work, you know, we'll just start again. But I think I had a lot more at stake. Yeah. And this is even before I really even believed in my own product. Like mm. that, once that came into part, then I was like, okay, now I really want to show up not only for my clients, but I want to show up for my family. And I don't want to, you know, take on clients that don't see the value mm. because now we're talking extensions. These extensions can cost anything from 1000 to 4000 mm. It's like next level. Yeah. Yep. You know, when I even had clients who were like questioning me for 300 mm. Like, yeah. see what I like, a complete shift. Yeah. And it was like, and I speak about this in my course with stockers, it wasn't even the money that, or the potential of the money that I could earn. That's mm. not what sold me. Yeah. It was more the energetic transfer. Yeah. That I was able to get from clients that they show up, they respect you, they value you. And I was like, oh my God, guess what? This marketing really does work. (laughs) Like I can pick who I want to work with, Yeah, you know? And that's what I, Mm. you know, set out to do with our in-sale on clients. Like I created an application process and Mm. I was really just trying to protect myself and my peace and didn't want to end up on Today Tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to really pick the ones that... You work with. That I work with. Yeah, yeah. So how did you convey to your audience the quality and difference of your product? Because like you're saying, people weren't paying 300 and then you were trying to convince them to pay 1000 How did you manage that? I know. So I think from day one, even though I speak about it now because I don't like being on camera, yeah. something that I still daily have to push myself and even get, even when it got hematized, I know it's so sad, but it worked. I love that um, though. I, it really I, did work. I was I'm like, all oh. for that. <laughs> was it being like face-to-face camera that was bothering you or like making you nervous? Yeah, it was yeah. just like showing up and yeah. even speaking. Like I can speak to anyone. I'm really yeah. Confident. It's not about the confidence. Yeah, I was just like losing my train of thought. It's a whole, it's a whole shit show, really. <laughs> but the point was, I was really clear on my messaging, and I was really yep. good at writing. And that's what I teach also my everyone. Even if you're not confident, mm. there's something that you got to be good at, right? Yeah. Yep. And you got to convey a message. And what amazing tool did we have with social media that mm. we could do that? So I think in the beginning, the resistance that I had because I did have a little bit of it, but I was really intent and spent a lot of my time researching how to edit, you know, Mm. when Instagram first came out, how to edit videos. So I think putting out those videos and really, you know, explaining why I was doing what I was doing and being intentional Mm. about it, I think over time it decreased once they sat in our chair. Yeah. Yeah. And that really is a testament and honestly what I believe marketing is, essentially. Yeah, if you know your messaging, everything else changes. Like your messaging really is the core core of marketing, of of your mm. business, of attracting the right clientele. And being consistent with it. Absolutely. And I think it's it's great. And I love that you've always had the same messaging, like from the get-go. From the get-go. And I think that's what's really helped your business grow so fast and also to be so successful. For sure. You've always been clear on your message and you've always been clear on who you want to help. 
And I love that you said, you know, people start with getting a little bit nervous about charging $300 for hair extensions. How on earth am I going to charge thousands? It's about who you talk to. Like mm. you're not speaking to the person that's buying a $300 hair extension. No. And that's what you've got to get out of that state of mind. Is, that's right. Yep. I'm talking to the wrong audience. There's people that will pay more. Yep. That will pay more. And I think it also comes down to believing, like taking a bet on yourself. Mm. Yeah. You know, I really, I was always a good little hairdresser. Yeah. And even now I see it all the time, like hairdressers, it comes down, it's like wrapped up in self-worth. Yeah. Mm. You know, and if you can't show up, that's why we, you know, strategically, you know, I have a criteria. Yeah. I don't just take on anyone. Like mm. I have makeup artist and non-qualified hair and I say, this just won't work. Yeah. You know, you really need to know your skill. You need to know your craft. And then not only that, you need to evolve yeah. You know, from that, you can't charge $3 and expect not to change. Yeah. 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 And not to grow. And even, you know, to this day, I'm still investing in training, whether it's yeah. ten or 15000 a year. Mm. But it, it's so important. I hear Absolutely. it in, you know, my, my clients and stylists, not my clients. It's so funny because the resistance that I had from clients had diminished. Yep. Yeah. Didn't have it. But then now I was like, now I need to share this with the industry. Yeah. yeah. And then I had that little bit of kickback because I was almost like, this is this can't be true. Yeah. Like it was almost yeah, like You're that lying even, to me. Yeah. And yeah. lucky I was an Adelaide girl because I went, what did I do? I didn't have marketing. I didn't have any of this. Yeah. So I was like, what am I to do? So yep. I, I went to my, you know, friends in the industry that have known me since I was like, yep, you know, sorry. started out. And yep. that's essentially how it all started because I heard them, you know, they were all crying about the same thing, yeah. you know, shitty clients. They were at the beck and call of their clients. They had no control of their staff, of their business. Yeah. It was the same thing. They weren't making money either because mm. they didn't know their numbers mm. and they didn't know marketing. Like yeah. how many, it really came down to that. Can we go back to your messaging? Because I love that topic. Because a lot sure. of our clients or like people that come to us, mm. they're not clear on that. How did you, I guess, define your messaging and your target audience? Did you do this by yourself or did you have someone help you or it just kind of fell into place? I think it just kind of fell into place, but yep. it really was. I was really lucky because I think, like I said, I was doing self-help, self-help, self-development, <laughs> checked into rehab. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was doing that and it was just a combination. And then what happened, do you know how all this actually happened? It's so, I love sharing this story. No, tell us. So I, I was at a point in a crossroads because I had known I had a great product. Yep. And I was at that point, like, do I keep all these clients that have been, you know, following me since I was a kid? Mm. And I was like, oh, they're just my friends. And, yeah. you know, they love me and they're holding on to me. But it wasn't really serving me. And I could see what I was able to achieve with extensions and working smarter, and, you know, not harder, but being more present because I was able to offer that one-on-one -on -one client experience. Mm. As whereas the other way, it's a shit show. You know, do more, but for less reward. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and yeah. It's, yes. not, it's not even just money. The money was the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. In order to charge more, I was I had to let go. Have, have that exclusive clientele and, yeah. and I didn't have that. So I was like, yeah. how am I going to do this? I need to let them know that I'm in business. Yeah. And I started to tap into email marketing just through yeah. MailChimp. And I wrote a really nice letter and I share that in our community now because yeah. they're like, how do I have that conversation? I was just about to ask you the yeah. same thing. How did you I, have that conversation? I didn't. Yeah. I, I wrote just it in an email. And I yeah. wrote it in the email and I was like, look, you know, I've really enjoyed our time together. Yeah. But this is where I'm at. Because normally we're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to put my price is up. Mm. You know, always like... But you didn't apologise? I didn't apologise. I love that. Yeah. I yeah. kind of just said where I was at. Here's, yeah. you know, here's basically where I'm at. Yeah. This is my new prices. This is the avenue that I'm going to go down on. I really wish you all the best. And if, you know, if my prices are going up, because I thought if they want to pay my prices... Come. Come. Yeah. 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 
Do you know? Yeah. So I did it in a in a nice way without yeah. being arrogant. Yeah. But I was like showing up, like I'm here. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? After 40 yeah. years, I'm like, I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I've got I've got my family. I've got my kids. I know I knew my yeah. wise. My wise kept evolving and the why behind the why just kept growing. Mm. You know, it was about my clients and it was about my stockers and then mm. it's about my family. Like it just, it, yeah, it just became this beautiful thing and going back to the letter and at the end, I just ended up with, I'm more than happy to still see you as a client, but if not, I'm happy to recommend you. Oh, that's good. To, yeah. go, to go elsewhere. Yeah. And not one person said a peep. Oh, I was just about to ask, what was the outcome of the uh, letter? outcome was... <laughs> Just respect. Yeah. I think honestly, respect. Yeah. What can they say? Yeah, exactly. Do you know, I think it just, it taught me a big lesson. And then from that email, one of my clients was this like high level marketer. Yeah. You know, I'm talking like next level next marketing level. Yep. on 150 grand a year. Yeah. And she was one of our clients who had a child, had an experience postpartum hair loss. Yeah. And we just completely, you know, everything that I was saying, I helped her with the confidence. She felt like human again. Mm. She was able to show up for a wedding, not feeling like shit. She had been crying for six months. And that's when I realized the impact. And that, that's when she realized, oh, wow, this girl has got something, but I'm going to help her. Yeah. Oh, and she wow. was like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help put you on the map. Yeah. And essentially, like, even now she's come on as a contractor oh, for wow. me, for my team, for my stockers. Yeah. And that's when all the little pieces, I mean, you know, some days, like, I still, like, joke, like, I'm rocking in a chair, but you guys know yep. um, marketing is so broad. Yes. Yep. Um, yes. But, yeah, that's essentially how it happened. Yeah. So, amazing. I have a few clients that have used your extensions. Going back, this is when I was in the social media game. You gave them, like, a package, and it had in their education, mm. information, how to represent your products. It was so informative, and I was really impressed. I was like, wow, this makes it really simple for the hairdressers to communicate your brand, communicate sure. your messaging. How did you come up with that, and how are you managing that communication? I think also, I think honestly, because it was so wrapped up, like I didn't go, oh, I'm just going to name it my name. It just happened. Yeah. Because I was at, I was a home salon. I couldn't, like the names that were out there, like Candy and Shandy and <laughs> all these, <laughs> you know, extensions. I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry. But, you <laughs> yeah, know, sorry names and all the good names, like, I just like simple. Mm. Yeah. And I think also it was also wrapped up because now, now is my name on it. Yeah. You know, and I, this wasn't even about my name, but it was just an extension mm. of what I was trying to create for it that was going to benefit so many people. Yeah. And I think from the word get-go, I had a very strict criteria and yes. vetting stockers. Mm. So when someone comes on, they already know the level yep. of standard that's kind of, you know, expected to uphold the standard. Mm. Because otherwise, if they're going to be charging that, there's no point. Mm. in doing it. That was the first thing. Yep. And then, uh, you know, from that, like once they do the two-day course, yep. first day is a practical mm. application of it. And day two is where we bring everything together with the business, the mindset and the marketing. Yep. And yep. that's where people live in a straitjacket because they're like, holy shit, I just thought you were selling extensions. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is a lot more than extensions. Yep. You know, you need you leave, to do the work. <laughs> you need to, yeah, to, to be able to bring it all home. But in that, we included an access, like a resource, uh, for the yes. stockers, once they become stockers, and in there, like you're saying, we had our branding guidelines, our key yep. messaging. I've I've given them a whole playbook. Yeah, like all the concept forms that I used, all the forms to amazing. You know our policies that we use. So setting everything in place, and I think it just equipped them yeah. with all the right tools from the word go. And also, you know, once I learned what email marketing was, <laughs> yeah. it's really genius. Um, and that's that's the way that we you know keep up with communication and let them know what's happening. And yeah, you know, because also. I'm evolving and growing and how are we going to let every single person know, yep. you know, what we're doing. So that's yeah. really helped. Yeah. I, I love that. And I feel like it really does help to keep that quality control. Do you ever do like 
check in on them after a year oh, or... Social media is a beautiful thing. I'm always, always checking and then I'm like, when they come and do the course, I'm like, I hope you guys don't think like I'm rude. And I tell them in the first interview because I did have a few stalkers that were essentially my friends in the beginning. And when I will try to give feedback, it just wasn't received yeah. well. Yeah. You know, because don't forget, we're dealing with like ego-driven... Hairdressers. Hairdressers. <laughs> you know, and in general, everyone's got yeah. that little bit yeah. of ego. Business owners as and well. I yeah. think also, like I always say, that's why now I'm like, I'm I'm European, I'm Capricorn, Serbian. <laughs> like, if you're going to get it from me, you're going to get it straight. But there's no one more that wants you to win than me. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. know? We all win. You yeah. win, I win. But yeah. some people just don't like feedback. Yeah. Mm. So, and that's when in the beginning, I didn't do my marketing. I was just going to people that I knew. Yeah. But, you know, essentially, like some of them have dropped off now because... They just weren't the right fit. Yeah. Not that we're not cool anymore, but, you know, now I know when they come on, I'm very clear about quality control and it's really there not to criticise you, but if I don't tell you, you know, that client's going to walk out and you've used blonde beads and they've got dark hair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, things like that, like little yeah. things. So, so why reinvent the wheel when you've created such a successful business and, you know, your product and your formula works so well? Why would they need to change it? Like you're just I giving think, them playbook. I think it's just an artist and I don't even okay. think they really realise what they're doing. You know, an art, it, it can be... True. It can be, an art. And I still say if they put a spin on it, like and I've had my, you know, educators take something that I've done and they put an amazing spin on it and it's amazing and I'm like cheering for them. Yeah. Yep. Do you know what I mean? But I just think it, again, it's wrapped up in self-worth. Yeah. And that's where I had to be really clear from the word go. Now I don't have an issue. Now they're all cool. They know. But in the beginning, I wasn't saying it. So when an issue would arise and I'd bring it up, they'd be like, you're a bitch. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I can't win. <laughs> like, no, I'm just, just trying to help. I'm just, yeah. Like, I, you know, I'm well intended. So I would love to hear from you what your biggest revenue driving marketing, marketing wise is. So are there any campaigns or initiatives? Have you delved into influencer marketing? Okay, I love this question. Because yeah. like I said in the beginning, we're someone who didn't even know what a hashtag was. Um, and marketing is so broad. Yeah. And I think it really, to this day, is still trial and error. Mm. But I really was able to tap into the first thing. And till this day, it's still always, I found you on social media. Yeah. Do you know? But then mm. they'll go research. Yeah. And then it's word of mouth. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I did those two things. And then I had to get really good at having an amazing website. And then I did campaigns. Like, you name it, I did it. I became like a beast mm. in, in marketing. Uh, like at the beginning, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just trialing everything. And also I was really, really careful with influencers mm. yeah. because I realized I wasn't giving away my product Yeah, because I feel like with that, it has to be a fair exchange of value. Mm. Yeah. You said micro in the pre- Micro. Yeah. And you were, so you feel micro worked so better for you? I feel like you? micro worked better for me. And a lot yeah. of the girls I had just met, even before I was, I mm. had extensions and I just went to the girls that I knew and worked out, yep. you know, I'm happy to give you hair for this price in exchange awesome. for marketing. Yeah, and Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I did it. But not to sound like, I don't want to sound like egotistical or anything because it's not, but I felt like our clients, the ones that were willing to pay, they were our biggest supporters. Yeah. Do you know? And it was yeah. weird. And in the beginning, the more discounts I was giving without having that fair exchange, yeah. it was biting me in the bum. Yeah. Mm. You know, because they're the ones that just became ungrateful. I became resentful. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They don't value it as much. They don't value it as much. It. Yeah. And then here's a client who's willing to pay three grand. And they're the ones that are bringing me presents. And they're yeah. the ones that are, you know, constantly 
constantly met and like it was just and raving about and you raving and about getting you. clients yeah. yeah yeah and like I said I think it was a combination of those things and then also the other thing that I did that I love speaking about because yeah. a lot of people don't know about it is joint ventures yes explain yes. this because okay yeah talk us through so <laughs> what I did was from Kerwin Ray yeah and I thought it was just so smart and so genius so what I did I aligned myself with other businesses that were complementary so say you know F45 yeah so they had you know their eight-week challenge mm-hmm. and then what I did is I created baskets and mm-hmm. put in some champagne put in some products and a voucher yeah. Of $200 off. Or I even think I did 500 off, yeah. you know, the first makeover. Yep. And then what they did is that business would give it to their clients. Yeah. So I did that with F45. I was going to say big W, but it's BMW. Ah, very, very different. Big difference. <laughs> very big difference. Yes. BMW. So I was like, here, you know, take your five top clients and give them a basket. Yeah. And people who have BMWs would pay $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> And then I also aligned with, um, uh, it was a couple of like injectable and I got a shit ton of clientele. Yeah. Mm. Like I think a lot of people want to make that money straight away, you know, and to this day I'm still willing to go, not backwards, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have a clear strategy in place of yep. what I was doing, why I was doing it. Yeah. Because you only have to go backwards for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Are you still doing those collaborations now or are you so kind now, of dropped off a bit? Yeah. Okay. So what happened is at the beginning of the year, you know, when yep. COVID first entered Adelaide, yep. we had a little bit of a downturn. Yeah. People were getting sick, you know, naturally. And again, I'm like, oh my God, no one's going to be able to afford yep. these extensions. But it's just what I do. Busy breeds busy to me. Yeah. Yep. You know, I so believe in manifesting. Yeah. Yep. Because I just had that thought in my head. And then all these young, cool, like little marketing influencers came along and they're like, I've been hearing about your hair. And I was like, cool, this could actually really work. Yeah. So what I said is I'm going to start doing content days. Mm. And then that way it's also good because now we've got so many stockers on board. Yeah. Just show up, stay relevant because I was only on the floor one day a week yep. doing clients. But again, I wanted to, you know, just branch out and try different demographics. Still do that like maybe once a month Yep. or when it fits in with my schedule. But I think it's really, really important. And one of my other educators yep. as well, you know, she gets that you know you only have to do two or three Mm. but guess what after that our books just you know even in COVID yeah yeah Yeah. how did COVID affect you did it have an effect yeah so it was a blessing and a curse yeah it had an effect like mentally and emotionally dealing Mm. with the unknown of course of you know cancelling appointments like this year you know staff being away sick that was stressful Mm. but I think also I've built myself up enough to know better that the universe always has our back yeah yeah and I honestly, like, that was my mantra, but we had to rethink our strategy during COVID. Yeah. I really thought, like, many times that my business was going to turn to shit and that people weren't going to afford it. Mm. But it actually, the opposite happened. Mm. I think what happened is it resulted in increased focus on self-care. Yeah. And, mm. you know, women couldn't travel and everyone was feeling so shitty about themselves. Yeah. So much heavy stuff going on. Yeah, I also feel like we did have money because we couldn't do anything with it. Like, I mean, for sure. I, I don't want to be sounding selfish or anything here, but I still had a job, but I was working from home yeah. in my pajamas. I couldn't <laughs> shop. I couldn't go out. I couldn't dine out. All yeah. these things that I was doing all the time. And I remember that point where my hair was disgusting because I couldn't do anything. And I tried cutting it myself oh my because <laughs> because no one else could do it. Stop. I know, but I, I do, like, I remember that point and me and my husband at the time invested in, we bought so much beauty care because, for and sure. that self-care was huge it was for us. Huge. It was huge. Yeah. So I do really relate Re- to that. Relate to that. Yeah. So the opposite happened and mm. that's when our, like, honestly, and I, I didn't say it at the time because I was so conscious of 
the shit show that was going outside, you know, in so yeah. many people's homes and lives and affecting so many people's lives. But we really had an immense growth and that's when I also um, formulated a collaboration with a girl in America. Yeah, yep. Because again, at that point, I was my biggest stockers. Yeah. And, you know, to really meet the requirements that's needed to be a supplier, mm. I needed to level up and... Yep and have someone help keep up with a minimum requirement. And that's how that happened. But it really was a blessing. And then also because I started a little home salon and I kind of, my husband was like moving out of this room and that room. (laughs) She'd like me to just pack my bags. (laughs) He was great and he kept building on at the back, you know, inventory room. Did he build it? He's a builder. Oh, that, that works yeah. out yeah. nicely. He does, he does. He really did. And that's when he had to come on because I was the marketing, I was yep. social media, I was the accounts, yep. I was trying to build a team and implement onboarding processes and systems. And, and I was like, I was drowning. Wow. Yeah. And I thought if we're going to, you know, really make this work, I really need to now invest in, you know, leverage the talent of other people. Mm-hmm. And I think I was really conscious of that. So my team grew from like two to 10 mm. during COVID. It was nuts. And then also I realised I had to put my own feelings of discomfort aside because I realised that this was helping a lot more people than myself. And I just had to get over my own shit, really. I was like, let's just figure out, you know, how we're going to make this work. Yeah. Yeah. So we all know businesses have their ups and downs. And I guess people want to hear about the struggles that you had and how you overcame them. So maybe your biggest struggle or your top two struggles? I think my biggest struggle was that facilitating the growth yeah. Yeah. from a home salon. Yeah. You know, and also motivate everyone. Mm. I think that was really tough because I'm like, I'm not that positive person. You want to punch them in the face. Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted <laughs> yeah. to keep it real, but I knew in my heart that we had something special. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's what kept us all really grounded. Yeah. Also learning about systems and processes and inventory, like it was on a whole nother level. Yeah. So yeah. that was not easy. And, you know, trying to juggle, you guys know running, there's so many, mm. like you're spinning so many different plates. And yeah. Yeah. then the staff, they they just, they want mummy's titty all the time. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? So, and I was trying not to enable people and yeah. empower people. Yeah. I think also, again, like I shouldn't have named it my name. I should have named it something else because I think it just had a stronger connection to me and that no one wanted to disappoint me. Yeah. yeah. And I've had to like, you know, learn how to delegate things and, you know, really step away from doing the things that I wasn't good at or that I didn't like doing to focus on the things that I did like doing. So how do you feel that marketing can impact your industry? Well, this is a tough one and one that I'm still fighting for, you know, our industry to understand how important it is and not just social media. I think Mm. that was the biggest takeaway for me is that behind the scenes, like even now, I have to hire marketing people that just connect all those little dots for me. And I think also because, you know, unfortunately, hairdressers, the way that we were working, we're so conditioned to work, you know, that mentality of client after client after client. They're servicing so many clients a day and doing more and more and more, but don't have the time. They're barely even keeping up with the overwhelm of social media, Yeah, right? As whereas with this, it gave me a, a frame to work with less clients, mm. but make double the triple of what I was doing before, which in effect gave me more time. Yeah. So instead of working an extra day or two and, you know, taking that extra client or working overtime, I was like so clear in setting my boundaries that on that one day is when I would actually work on marketing. And the more they do it, yeah. I think the more they're going to understand it and see the benefit. Yeah. And then also see like what we have now is that we have that steady flow of new clientele. And I'm talking yep. like 20 new clients a month. Yeah, amazing. Wow. And, you know, and I've, the ones who are willing to receive the gift mm. and to understand it and are, are willing to sort of kind of like break that 
deprogramming mm. are open to it have all experienced the same. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's why we need to create more marketing experts. Hairdressers, we, we're too artistic. We're too off, yeah. you know, yeah. doing our thing that I think that's why it served me because I do have that little bit of you the business hat. head. Yeah, you've got Yeah, that. a little yeah. bit. Even though I don't like doing it, but now I know who I yeah. need to go to to get it done. Mm. But also, we always say like marketing and sales should be hand in 50% hand. of your business. Like I know that that can mm. scare a lot of people because they're like, no, but hold on, I need to serve clients. I need to create my product. I need mm. to be focusing on the product. And here's yeah. the thing. You're not going to see a return on investment straight away. No. That's oh, where people no. preach that out. again. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> you don't get a return of investment. <laughs> I think if they're not willing to do their part, Mm. And to understand, you know, like now I know about making data-driven decisions. Oh, Do you know word. what I mean? I love that word. <laughs> as whereas before, like even now I sit in meetings and I like pretend I know what's going on and I do, but it all makes sense to yeah. me now. And it yeah. took me a minute, you know, but I just encourage people to really change. It's changing their whole mindset shift. Just out of curiosity, just so I know, so I can explain it to my industry. Where do you guys hit roadblocks with marketing? With our clients yeah, or with, with ourselves? Clients. Or with hairdressers, do you feel in particular? Or in particular, you, have you worked with hairdressers yeah, before? Yeah, I've worked with yeah. a few hairdressers and I and I think I said to you previously, I stopped because I felt they wanted that quick win and they were thinking mm. that Instagram was really the only drive of revenue for marketing and they were kind of stuck in this copycat kind of situation. Yeah, for sure. You know, having that Instagram feed of just the hair and really not thinking outside the box. So when you kind of came to them with ideas, they're like, no, that's not what we do. And yeah. I'm like, well, how do you expect it's to very grow? Yeah, like this is what we do, and this you know, is what we've been taught. This is we put up this photo, and we do this reel, and we do this transition. Yeah. And I'm like, so is every hairdresser. And yeah. that's what I'm. That's what I'm up against now. I'm like, be willing to go up against the grain. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't do what everyone's done just because that's what we've been taught. What yeah. I always say is take things from other industries that have done something really well. Yeah. So for example, I could take something from the hair industry if they've done it really well and twist it, put my spin on it mm. from a social media and business perspective. That's massive, and I think for me, like, there's a few key industry people that I look up to and I watch, but I'm so busy now and exactly what you said, yeah. I invested mm-hmm. my time outside of my industry yeah. and applied it to this and it really does work. They just got to be yeah. open to it. And customer experience is a huge marketing tool, which I think maybe some hairdressers yeah. aren't capitalising on, like some mm. are. For sure. But I think that is a huge marketing tool that people think I don't really need to invest in that. But yeah, you could make such a big Such a big role. And you need to understand marketing in order to get the clients in order, you know, that exclusive Mm. clientele because I feel like it's a trap. They're like, but I just don't get that clientele. Well, Well, are you marketing yourself? What are you doing about about it? it? Mm. And all they're focusing, I feel, is on the amount of followers. And it's like, well, hold on, where are these followers coming from? Yeah. Where are they coming from? Are they coming from the US? Well, how are they ever going to see you? Like, Mm. you need to focus on actually providing quality content that's attracting the right clientele. Yeah. Yeah, numbers will grow naturally. Your engagement will grow naturally, but you need to be focusing on the right things. But like you said, I think people in this day and age, um, you know, even what we've said about people that work with us, they're focusing on the wrong thing Mm. and not being, you know, rude. But I know I've been there. Oh, we all have. You know, I think, and that's where we've learned. And I think we're also a little bit older now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you really... Oh, you're saying it. No, No, but because I had a hairdresser as well who people were still DMing her to book an appointment and I was trying to set up a system where they could book online and she was really hesitant about that. And I was like, are you joking? Like that is a really poor user experience. Mm -hmm. Someone has to DM you for an appointment. I don't mind that. I know that is common in the hairdressing world. Either have have a... Salon coordinator. Yeah. But then have a booking where people who feel shy to 
DM. They just want to book yeah. themselves. Yeah. You I shouldn't just felt, have it on DMs. They're just I agree. like little things. Like, See, someone like what we do, yeah. where it's it's a little bit hard for us to have a booking system yep. because an appointment, they don't know what they're booking for. Correct, correct. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It is a little bit hard, but that's why I worked on the back end is having that customer service. Yeah, yeah. So that when, you know, they message the straight away, there's an application yep. process, go to them. Yeah. And it all, it and all flows automate from automate what you can. Like automate what you, you can. You can't automate, obviously, the speaking to them. But yeah, personal. as soon as you click a button, they'll get the onboarding, they'll get the questionnaire, yep. whatever Applica- they need. Yep. Yep. So with us, we've got a, a form um, on the website and we send them a nice like, little um, message that's personalised. Mm. But that goes to them. They fill out the form. It goes to the email. There's a yep. process in place. It yep. just alleviates. And that's where hairdressers are running on empty, I find, mm. because they're on, you know, that spinning cycle. Yep. And don't really have the bandwidth, I think, to make that shift. Can I ask who your first hire was? Like what position or what role was that first hire? So a girl that I worked with. She's with me till today. Her name's Ashley and she's like my second child, third child. (laughs) She was the first one in the salon. Yeah. But then I also had to hire someone, uh, like a salon coordinator. Okay, so they're all in salon or were there any? So they were all in salon, but then the salon coordinator was also helping me with the extension business. Yeah. Yeah. We had to really spread out and make it a different business from the yeah. salon to yeah. the extensions yeah. and then the education. Yeah. yeah wow. So it'd be really, really clear. So that took a minute. You know, in the beginning, a startup, you're like, I need you to do this, this, and this. Yeah. It's not a defined role. It's, it's not, not a defined just role. A mini me. <laughs> a mini me. And then the girl that I had her, you know, she was great for the time being, but I think, you know, when you outgrow people. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think well, now I know what a true entrepreneur is. And now mm. I'm a lot more better at articulating and communicating at that. I think outside the box. Yeah. yeah. So in the beginning, I was hiring people that I knew, mm. which is not always the right. No, no. <laughs> and, and I've learned that. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because they couldn't adapt to my fast pace. Yeah. You've always got to hire people with an entrepreneurial mindset that 100%. don't want to own a business. Yeah. Like, Oops. And you can pick yeah. that out. If you, you can. Yeah. And even if they do want to own a business. Just not now. Just that's not fine. Now. Yeah. Just give me a year. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a year. And yeah. that's exactly what I say. Like, just be honest with me. And even, you know, my stylist, like, if you want to go off and do your own business, just be honest with me. Yeah. yeah. I'll help prep you for that because why wouldn't I want you to do it? I mean, yeah. you're crazy. Let me tell you, you're crazy <laughs> because I know now, I know numbers yeah. and I know now what I've created, they can actually, not so much for the admin side because they're capped at what, you know, what yeah. earning yeah. potential. Yeah. So it's a little bit different yeah. because I've got to run it as a, a cost okay. centre. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, when they're doing sales or KPIs, it's a lot easier for me to know the numbers and know what they can get in return. Yeah. And it took me a minute to even work that out. The biggest thing I learned is mapping out the role, the job description, and then fitting a person to fit that. Yeah. You know, that made more sense. And then when I did it, it's now the team is incredible and amazing and, you know, everyone plays their part. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So what's in store for Yavanka? And do you have any new campaigns, any products, any exciting new things that are coming into the world? Yep. So I'm retiring in six (laughs) months. (laughs) Just after all of that. She's like, amazing. She's like, for real? (laughs) No. So I'm so excited for this next chapter. We're currently decided to get council approval to turn our home into YL headquarters. And this is where we're, you know, going to be expanding a little bit on the salon and education centre and also incorporating a wellness center. Yes. And that's really a big that. thing for me because it is, I know the power of incorporating business workshops, you know, mind, body and spirit mm. and, you know, co- connecting a holistic approach yep. to the missing piece to the puzzle. Mm. Yeah. Love that. I love that. And I love that you're doing it all in your home. It's definitely a... Well, we won't be. I will be moving out. I don't know <laughs> okay. where. Yeah, that's the okay. plan. Okay. So, so you like the backyard, the whole house? 
Or like no, kind so of like, it's a big like wog house. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, really. you can I say. Don't know. You can't say shit these days. <laughs> well, you've said wog and shit. No, you can't say it, but it's true, right? I can call a myself, wog can call wogs. I can call myself a wog. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a big European, Spanish-looking house. Um, and it's it, it's a decent, it's not the Taj Mahal, but it's, yeah. when we're looking at other properties, it was like that warehouse and it just wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. You know, whereas this has got that. Bit of a bouge to it? It's got a bit of a bougie vibe. Yeah. yeah. So that's the plan. So we're yeah. going to get the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> love no, I love that. Well, that is the end of our episode. A massive thank you. I don't want to go you. now. Oh, I know. I was no, having fun joking. talking to you. We can drink our mask now. We can now. drink our <laughs> margaritas. No, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank We're you for so honoured to have you. Your story is amazing. What's your social media if people want to check you out? Oh, you've got a couple, don't you? So I've got a couple. Yeah. Only two now. I did have like for my, all my po- multiple personalities. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I've got Yvonne Caloria. That's my main account. Yep. And then also Yvonne Caloria Extensions. Yep. And that's also showcasing all our stockers. Yes. Amazing. amazing. We'll and then people have the show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes and then people can jump on there and yep. check you out. And when I have my podcast, are you guys going to come on and help Hell our industry? Yeah. yeah. We would we love all to. Need, we all, honestly, that's the missing element. Yeah. We would Definitely. absolutely love to. Absolutely. We'll bring the Margies. <laughs> bring the Margies and we'll heal the world. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on. I've I've learned a lot around hair and that industry as well. So all of our listeners would have learned a lot from you. Thank you for giving me the platform. Thank you for listening. If you love this episode or any other, please subscribe, rate or leave us a review. And come be social with us over on Instagram at at underscore. Until next time.